Hey everybody, welcome back to another fun-filled episode of Burnt Popcorn. I'm your co-host, Mike Laidman, and I'm joined with none other than... Laura Laidman. Each and every week we take a movie from our past and we have a look back and see if it's just nostalgia keeping our high praise of classic films afloat or if it really is the real deal and worthy of all the adulation. How are you doing? I'm hot. hot? I know this is probably not going to You're wearing a blanket. No, but I'm still hot from being outside all day in uh, the heat. And uh-huh. it was like 35 degrees. And for some reason, I was stupid enough to go outside all day. Yeah. But uh, I mean, this is going to air probably about two, three weeks when it's nicely cooled down and it's spooky season. And I'm so excited. Well, hopefully by then. But yeah, no, today. Spooky. Today was spooky super movie. hot. What? We're talking about a spooky movie. Not really, depending on depending on your viewpoint, but maybe. I'm technically it's spooky. Technically, it's spooky in the sense of like, the do you content? remember that scene in, in All Dogs Go to Heaven where the dog goes to hell and it was scary? That's a ghost dog. So therefore, it's That's spooky. spooky? Movie. It's a spooky movie. I see. Yeah. Full of spooks. Was it a ghost, though? Didn't he like get his life back for some? I don't know. Maybe I you can't should remember. make it your next pick. <laughs> That's my next pick is Old Dogs Go to Heaven. <laughs> we still haven't done an animated movie. Yeah, no, that's true. And I there's a lot we, out there to pick from. There are. There like, are. Look how good the Paw Patrol movie is doing in theaters right oh, now. Oh, there you go, hon. There you go. Two of our like people in our social circle have been to see the Paw Patrol movie as their first movie back at theaters. Oh, there you go. Well, uh, 2041. We'll make sure that we hit that. <laughs> 2041. That means yeah. we'd have to see it. One of us, at least one of us would have to see it before then to then talk about our memories of it but thankfully our child has no interest in paw patrol yeah for now because anyway. i've i put one episode on for him once and it was sexist drivel and <laughs> i'm it was i i don't i get it the, the girl dog did whatever whatever it, but... it, there's articles online about the sexism in that show it's it's not just me right. it's not me like March Simpsoning or Lisa Simpsoning and all that stuff. Like right. anyway, but right. we're not here to talk about. We are not here to talk about that. Yeah. You know what? You know what's funny though. I just did uh, a bit of quick math. Do you know what episode we would be on if we were doing the Paw Patrol movie? Man, that is quick math. How, <laughs> what episode? One thousand and eighty-nine. I don't think I want to talk to you that much. <laughs> Could you imagine if this podcast? This is no way. If we do one episode a week. <laughs> for 20 years from now, including the episodes we've already done, that will be 1,089. No. <laughs> we'll either be divorced or dead. It's just no podcast. No, not. I, I prefer neither. I, I would prefer we just got sick of it. <laughs> no, we're sticking it out. This is my pledge. We're doing the Paw Patrol movie. You better and start then the, really then the podcast is over. upping our marketing budget. <laughs> Uh, but anyway we're not here to talk about the Paw Patrol movie we'll see that I in, wish no we'll see that 1,000 episodes 1,089 episodes <laughs> but uh, anyway anyway so we're here to talk about a spooky movie apparently it's it's spooky adjacent it is I'll give you that adjacent because it I'll is about a Ghost. Ghost. That's right. We are doing for this week's episode, we are looking at Ghost, which originally hit theaters back in 1990. What's the matter? Seems like uh, whenever anything good in my life happens, I'm just afraid I'm going to lose it. I really love you. What do you want? It's like I think about you every minute. It's like I can still feel you. Molly, why can't you hear me? Who is that? You can hear me? Can you hear me? Sam Wheat. Say my name. Say it. Leave me alone. Hello? I get a message from Sam. He asked me to call. Once you go to police, he said it was a setup. He was murdered. She said Sam knew who killed him. Are you out of your mind? I mean, what are you going to tell the police? She knew things, private things. I know about the green underwear that you wrote your name on. 
this psychic woman's got a record that goes back a long way. Don't you see I'm not a fake? I don't know what's real anymore. Don't open him. Don't open the damn door. He's a murderer. Sam's dead. Tell her I love her. He says he loves you. Sam would never say that. Molly, you in danger, girl. So we're going all the way back, my love, my darling. Uh, I hunger for the '90s. Yes, oh, of course you do. That's like half of this podcast should just be called "I Love the '90s" because that's all you pick. Shut up. <laughs> so hilariously, July 1990, not the most interesting month, especially when it comes to like stuff that's not just sports. Yeah. Because a lot of the stuff when I look up like historical articles and stuff on old dates, a lot of it is sports. It's either golf or tennis. Yeah. So much golf and tennis. And it's like, who cares? Anyway. Someone did, apparently. I know. But on July 2nd, Imelda Marcos and Adnan Khashoggi were found not guilty of racketeering, which seems flawed. I don't know what that is at all. Imelda, they... It's a political thing. She's really famous for basically they were embezzling a lot of money and right, the, if it's racketeering, then yeah. And uh, she had like millions of pairs of shoes or something like that. That's like what she was famous for. She had like so I many shoes. Oh, oh. Anyway, uh, on July fourth, this one was like I found the most dating of things. Eh, maybe the second most. Four hundred fans are heated for heat exhaustion at a new kids on the block event. <laughs> It is <laughs> hot in the summer. <laughs> could could you imagine now? It's hotter now than it was then. Well, it's oh. a good thing they found some people who uh, were able to do the right stuff. Yeah, that's what it's doing. I was trying to make a right mm. stuff pun, and I just you couldn't. Can, I just get, couldn't get there. You couldn't. I, I helped couldn't you. get there. Yeah. <laughs> On July twenty fifth, Roseanne Barr sings the national anthem oh, at the Cincinnati Reds San this Diego I know. Padres. This I know. Game. I mean, this was legendary. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, they, they. I remember there were jokes made about Roseanne singing the national anthem for like years. They still make them. Yeah, but like I remember it was like a Letterman like thing for a long time. Oh yeah, and, and it was like a joke. It was even a joke that Letterman making fun of Roseanne singing the national anthem was like his own joke. I like like they, I I feel like they, I've seen like cartoons of Letterman making fun of Roseanne singing the national anthem. There's probably a Simpsons joke out there somewhere. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah. And on July 30th, the first Saturn automobile rolls off the assembly line. Oh man, I forgot about Saturn. Yeah. Because it's gone. It's gone. It's who, been gone for about a decade, I think. Who owned Saturn? It wasn't it was somebody. No, they were they were it was like a conglomerate kind of thing. Like like some sort of like but yeah, and but they were like, it's a new kind of car. Yeah. Meanwhile, it just like was sedans. It was just cars. Just yeah. another car. Yeah, it's not like it's a Tesla. Yeah, didn't do anything special and clearly didn't do anything special enough to still be here. Yeah, I, I remember thinking the name Saturn was cool, but yeah. I never liked any of the cars. I, I haven't thought about Saturn in forever. Oh, it makes I mean, me think of Sega Saturn. Sega Saturn? We have a Sega Saturn. I know. Yeah, it's in a box over there. Got a lot of boxes of stuff. Yeah, we still got a lot to unpack. Anyway, mm-hmm. shall we talk about what the box office was like? Speaking of boxes... No, <laughs> carry on. <laughs> so Ghost was released on July 13th of 1990, and it did not take number one at the box office. <gasps> number one that week was Die Hard 2 in its second week of release, which took in 14.5 Die Hard million. 2 was released in the summer? It's another one of those weird Christmas movie summer releases. I know, right? But the next week, Ghost took number one nah. with twelve point five million. It lost the next week to Presume Innocent, then was number one again at ten point eight million, then lost again to Flatliners, and then it was The Exorcist Three. Wait, The Exorcist Three came out in nineteen ninety. Yeah, it was a lot later than the other one. Really, ones. I thought it was an eighties movie. I mean, yeah. it's close enough. <laughs> but then Ghost took it again for two more weeks. It was basically on and off and on and off all summer, but. Flatliners, Exorcist 3, uh, Ghost. horror summer. Yeah, like a lot of horror summer. The top three movies of the year were Home Alone at 285.7 million, Ghost with 217.6 million, 
and Dances with Wolves at 184.2. So it was the second biggest movie of 1990. Jeez. Wow. I think that uh, was a bit of a foreshadowing for your your rating at the end of the movie. Oh, no. I'm just surprised. The, I just, mean... the look on your face was just like, ugh. <laughs> no, it was it was just more like a surprise that, that it was what it was. But I mean. I'm trying to think because we did we've done a few other 1990 movies that obviously they weren't in July because we didn't have any crossover. But we did Total Recall and Hunt for Red October. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like there's at least one more. 1990 oh, yeah. Movie yeah. 1990 has been a decent year. Thankfully, we've picked different months and pretty spread out throughout the year. Yeah. Although Red Hunt for Red October and Total Recall were pretty close together, if I remember correctly. Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't have Total Recall on this. I, I have another movie, actually, that I, I have picked is it die hard 2? it's not die hard 2 if it was die hard 2 i wouldn't you think i would know that it came out in july because i would have looked up the box office for it yeah probably yeah but i did pick a movie that comes out around those two movies and i just haven't pulled the trigger on that one yet but someday someday would you like to talk about our memories of this movie yeah you first this is this is all you so growing up this is my mother's favorite movie is it still? Do you know? I don't know. And you know what? I should have called her and been like, Mom, is your favorite movie still Ghost? And she would have either been like, What? Yeah. No, <laughs> what would be like, huh? Huh? Like, I know for a long time her favorite song was Unchained Melody. You should love this movie. And we watched it. We watched it probably too young, like many things. We definitely watched it when I was younger. And I remember liking it. I remember there's scenes that I'm not going to get into now, but I'll get into them as we discussed it, that scared the poop out of me as a child i'm sure i know what those scenes are yeah but i remember liking it i remember thinking it was a great fun movie and i've been looking forward to watching it i was gonna pick it a few times before and i was like well i don't want to watch something that's not as fun but like right off the hop especially once it gets going i was like what was i thinking this movie is fun it hits a certain it, it hits a point and then it becomes a fun movie. Yeah, because like the obviously the setup of the movie is this couple is super in love and then he's killed in what appears to be a botched mugging. Yes. And well, is there more to it? Than yeah. So obviously the start of the movie is sad. Mm-hmm. But then once we get into the meat of the plot, it's a pretty fun ride. Yeah. So... I think my memory of the movie going in was that, or at least my overall impression was that it was a little bit slower in tone and like pace and like a little bit like of a more of a drama. Mm-hmm. And like it is a drama, but it's also a thriller and it's also a comedy and it's also a romance. Yeah. And like when I was looking at the trivia, the director describes it as a roller coaster, like it's an emotional roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And I think. That he's right. It's the same director as Airplane. Yeah. <laughs> and like is, Naked Gun. Yeah. But like, but it it hits a lot of the humor beats really well. But it also is, they said there's parts that scared me. And there's parts that are sad. And there's parts that are happy. It really is an emotional roller coaster. I didn't remember that going in. Mm-hmm. A2. I remember very distinctly that my mom had this on VHS. I yeah, remember we, have, the, we had it on VHS. I remember the the big white box and yeah. the and the cover. And it because it, it was one of the only movies that we had on VHS that was like an official, like an actual VHS that was like the, the box and not you know, taped off the TV. Exactly. But but that it was that was white. So it stuck out in mm-hmm. the pile of movies like a sore thumb. Did you know the original release of the VHS was gray for because it was a ghostly color? Oh, like fancy. the actual cassette itself. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if we had that version because that was the original, like first run, from what I read for in the trivia. Yeah, but I at the same time I don't know if if we had that version because I didn't care to watch it. Because it was a lovey-dovey story. Yeah, like I was under the impression it was a romance movie, and I mean, I, I, mean, I knew he was an actual, like I knew he was a ghost, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I don't want to watch a romance movie, blah 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 blah. So I did watch it eventually, and I watched it off of City TV. It's another one of those weird City TV things. Like it was in in the summer, City TV would show like big, you know, big movies every day, mm-hmm. every day. 
Mm-hmm. And I would always check out whatever the movie was, and Ghost was one of them. And I remember, I don't, I didn't remember if I liked it or not, but what I remembered was that obviously I made it to the end. Yeah. So obviously it kept my attention enough that I watched the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And there are parts about the movie that I distinctly remember. And some of them I remember, I'm not sure if it's more because it's like a cultural touchstone about the movie. Like obviously the the scene where they're at the 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 clay wheel yeah like the, that gets made fun of all the time like that's, oh, that's it's classic yeah like you don't you, you don't necessarily need to have seen the movie to know that scene is in this movie yeah. but i'm pretty sure the scene that you mentioned that we'll get into is a, sh- a scene that stuck in my mind one of the more darker scenes but that that was one thing i remembered and i also remembered that his mugging was not exactly all it cracked up to be mm-hmm. so yeah so to get into the movie yes yes so we set, get the setup where it's Molly and Sam and their buddy Carl and they're doing some demo work. And then oh, they're setting that up, but like the three amigos sort of thing. And then we see Sam, who's Patrick Swayze, and his buddy Carl yes. at work. And right off the bat, they go into an elevator and start having a prank that Carl's coughing. Oh, and yeah, Sam yeah, is yeah. like, oh, is it super contagious, the doctor said? And they're like one-upping each other on Mm it in a closed elevator. And I'm like, oh, this would not go well today. Speaking of things, if they would hold up today. Yeah. Oh, no. This this would get you in some shit today. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of things that hold up, Patrick Swayze suspenders. They were really holding his pants up real high. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Molly is like all her pants go up to her boobs. Yeah, she this was, is all this is high a high is a high waisted pants film. Everybody's got I high pants. Kind of feel like my one aunt might have taken all her fashion inspiration from Molly. <laughs> <laughs> Just this movie. She had like the same haircut. Oh, and. The vest Molly wears at one point where it's that like embroidered floral vest with the high-waisted pants. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure my aunt had that exact outfit and used to wear it all the time. Think about it, like Demi Moore at the time was a known star, but this made her like a bankable star. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when that happens as a celebrity, you tend to become like a female, especially back then. When there wasn't the internet and millions of stars to look at at the same time, it was you were only seeing who the tabloids were showing you. So if the tab the main celebrity the tabloid was showing you was Demi Moore, chances are you'd be taking a lot of fashion tips from Demi Moore, mm-hmm. right? So she was like, I feel like that embroidered vest where it was like that thick, heavy embroidered vest. I s- I see them all the time at like thrift stores still and everything. They're just, they're wild. Yeah. So, um, and then they, but they walk in the office and Sam turns to his female staff. And again, we're establishing Sam as a great person. Yes. He's a good guy. So he's played this gross prank. Yes. And then he says to one of the female staffers, looking good. Looking good today. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, Sam. That's an HR complaint. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny because like I, I I had flashbacks to Pretty Woman mm. with like, oh, business boyfriend. But the difference here is business boyfriend didn't suck this time. <laughs> I mean, he was pretty. Yeah, he's much more dedicated to, to Molly. I think, yeah. So, which is like great. He, but at the same time, like they established that he's still good at his job. Yes. You know, at, at, which I, I, I liked that he was. He was very committed to his job and working very hard, but he wasn't neglectful of the people he cared about, which yeah. I liked. Yeah. And like he, when he was like, oh, I found some discrepancies and Carl volunteered to do it. He's like, no, 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 it's okay. Yeah, like, no, I'm not going to dump is, my work on someone else. This is my job. I'll do Even it. Even though Carl's like sweating bolts already. Yes. You know, something's up. And then he's, Carl's like, what are you doing tonight? And he's like, I'm taking Molly to see Macbeth. Yeah. And it's like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, it's funny because like. I mean, obviously, we talk about the, these movies like we assume that you've seen them, too. So we're getting into spoiler territory. But I remember like I remember that he that he was murdered. Mm-hmm. And but I, I couldn't remember who did it. Oh. And, and then literally the first scene where they're all like in that house and they're like banging the, the walls down and stuff. And and you can see uh, Carl looking at Molly with like the googly eyes and i'm like oh right it was him yeah 
<laughs> and like he was trying to get with her and also there was money involved and yeah I, I didn't remember that it was like an embed like it was like a he's trying because try, he's clearly trying to pay off his gambling debts or some sort he's in he's the been hole. Laund laundering money because they work at a bank yeah yeah he and like and obviously sam sam has his own office whereas carl works at a cubicle like it's established very on, early on that sam has everything that carl wants mm -hmm. but speaking of the killer Yes. Do you know that everyone, like people still go up to Luis Guzman and say, <laughs> why did you kill Sam? And it's not Luis Guzman. It's not Luis Guzman. It's an actor named Ricky Aviles. Yes. Who has since passed away. Oh, yeah. That's a shame. Yeah. But I guess I kind of I get it. See, I get it. Uh, I get it. But it's this. It's, it's a stretch. It's a very big it's a stretch. stretch. Yeah. Um, like their body types are completely different. You can like, kind of see in the T zone of their face, and that's about it. Yeah, like they have a similar like eyebrow, brow, and nose. Yeah, that's your T zone. Yeah, it's funny. Like obviously, Sam dies pretty quickly because the whole movie is about him being a ghost. Yeah. Obviously, mm -hmm. so they get mugged, and it's a very. I'm like, this is real. I know exactly what happens. Yeah, obviously, he dies. It's still really tense. I forgot. I forgot. And I really liked it when the gunshot goes off and the guy runs. Mm -hmm. And then he runs after yeah, What them. a good fake out. It's then, such a good fake out. And then, I mean, I knew like, he's dead. Like, I know because I know the plot of the movie. But He runs back and then he has this look at his face like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, no. Yeah, like so, Molly's like, it's, died. Yeah, it's like, so like, I've seen this movie. Yeah. I know what it is. But it really makes you think oh crap he sees molly's hit and yeah. like is like oh shit and then we see it's molly clutching sam's dying body yes and like i said i know what's going to happen i was still like oh like what is wrong with me i know what's going on yeah yeah such a good fake it yeah really really well so done good. so good so well done and and even the fact that they repeat it later mm -hmm. they repeat the fake out with the killer it's still good like yeah. even then it's good too like they do a great job with this stuff and i was just like what good pacing you know what i think this is a good time to talk about it as any because this is when it first starts happening is ghost effects mm -hmm. they're not great <laughs> no but it didn't bother me yeah like I, I don't know what it was like it's not like i was like oh I, it's it's an old movie it just didn't bother me yeah like they they were really good with the tools available to them at the time yeah. and the way they did them i found because like when he's trying to like learn how to like it's not like you think go so go through walls and they can but he still can f sense what's happening and like his body kind of they like grays out like it's becoming part of the solid yeah material. like when he's going through the door he becomes the color of the door yeah and yeah. it's like it's not just that he gets to poof through it. It literally is like a transmogrification to get through the door and how it takes him time to get used to the sensation. And the way the color shift is with the body conveys that really well. Yeah. The, actually, the thing that I really liked about him going through stuff, the, the conveyed how it works the best was when the guy walks through him Whoa. And there's that quick shot of like inside the guy. Yeah, like all the blood vessels and stuff. Yeah, I really liked that. Yeah. Because, yeah. oh, but so after he like dies, he like goes through this like dream-esque sequence sort of thing of his brain. It's probably like conveying like my thought was his like synapses. It's probably, yeah, like it's probably like, you know, quote unquote, your life flashing before your eyes kind of shit. But it, that's the first thing that freaked me out as a kid like that i don't know what else called but a dream sequence because yeah. it's not a dream like it's his synapse is dying essentially yeah. that's what i think now but like that whole scene of it being reality but reality's not right and like molly's made out of clay in the bed and like the whole that stuff i remember being so freaked out by that as a kid yeah so freak i was still freaking out watching it it just it was unnerving it gave me like a, like a heebie-jeebies yeah, yeah. heebie-jeebies mm -hmm. So then he's in the hospital. That old guy who's waiting for his wife. That was so nice. But this is actually really funny because I forgot outside of a few exceptions that there were other ghosts in this movie. 
Like I completely oh. forgot that there were other ghosts. Like I remember, like like we talked about the fake out. I remember that, mm-hmm. and I remember at the end. But other than that, I didn't remember there being other ghosts in the movie. Yeah, I think I read with um, again in trivia that there's 25 ghosts we see total. Yeah, because you see first you see the old guy, mm-hmm. and then I you forgot see forgot about the old guy. Yeah, and then you see the guy in the in the who's he's dying he's in surgery, probably surgery heart attack. Yeah, they're, they're putting the paddles on him. And the older guy who's waiting for his wife, he's like, she's in cardio, like she's fighting it. But yeah. he's like there because he knows that she's going to pass soon. So he's there waiting for her. Yeah. But like the other guy passes away and floats up immediately into the white light. Yeah. So it seems like most of them just immediately go into the, the white light, but some do stay behind. Mm-hmm. So it establishes that. But then he says a line that is just one line and doesn't really come up again until near the near the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. He's like... It's lucky it wasn't the other guys. Yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, you didn't go to the other. He was not going to the other place. The other place, yeah. and it's just like, oh, so there is another place in mm-hmm. this this movie reality, and like that, I remembered too. I remembered that, and I remembered how freaky that was. I thought because we see them again, like you said, when the killer dies. Yeah, and I forgot. I thought that was a lot sooner in the movie than it was, but it's not. Yeah, no, it's it's close to the end. Yeah. So like Sam dies and then we get no other like the body counts quite the body, <laughs> the body count this romantic thriller. Well no, we've got uh, Sam yeah, dies, yeah. the guy on the operating table or the ER table, whatever dies. Yes. And then nobody else dies for a while. For a long time. Unless you count that and it depends on your viewpoint when it comes to the lady in the cemetery. She could be fresh or she could be or you know, hanging on. I think she was just hanging out. I think it was just to show that like Sam to be like, see? Ghosts, There's other ghosts, ghosts everywhere. are everywhere. How Sam can't tell that other people are ghosts. Yeah, but they can tell that he's a ghost. I guess it's like if you're wearing clothes and they're out of place, it's obvious. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, man, that guy's dressed really inappropriate he's, for this funeral. He's very casual for that funeral. Yeah, I don't know. It, it was interesting because actually I, I was thinking about it at one point in the movie because I was like, what are the rules? What are the rules for the ghosts? Because mm-hmm. like there was a few things that, that were like a little strange to me. And, and not like strange bad, just like I, I want the explanation to this. And, and a perfect example is the ghost on the train. <gasps> the ghost on the train t- who teaches him how to touch stuff. Mm-hmm. I was under the impression that that ghost has been there for so long that he's forgotten who he is. Which was like, but how long is too long? Yeah. You know, like. like but it, at the same time, he I actually want to talk first. He was actually one of the things that freaked me out as a kid. Yeah, well, that guy's a freaky dude. Yeah, but he's also one of my favorite episodes of the X-Files. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which one is that? A humbug. Ah, uh, yes, okay, yeah. The circus one. Yeah, that guy's, he's in a lot of stuff. Like, he's he, Unfortunately, great. he's passed away yeah. as well. But but so, he, you, speaking of, he teaches Sam how to interact with the world around him. Yes. But then he's, he gets really mad and he punches the cigarette thing and he's like i'd give anything for a drag and he starts to have some memories of like his past life again but then he's like i was pushed i was pushed like obviously they mean in the train so he's probably never even left the train station since he died yeah whereas other ghosts are out and about not living their lives but they they're not tied to one place yeah and i see sam's all over brooklyn but he stayed there the whole time and then he starts kind of having a bit of a freak out Mm -hmm. as a kid. I just thought he was like, Oh, something's up. And then he's like, I was pushed. And then he runs and jumps in front of the train. I thought he was jumping back onto the train, but I'm kind of now being like, was that guy jumping to die? Yeah. Like like it was this like, cause he, he's having obviously a mental breakdown again. Yeah. Is that what happened in his real life? Like his original life. Mm -hmm. Did he have a mental breakdown and jumped in front of a subway? People do it. Yeah. And then could he just not accept the fact that he killed himself? So he's like, I was pushed. Whereas he wasn't pushed by another person, but his mental illness pushed him to do it. Yeah. What do you think? What's your theory? I don't know. I don't know. My my thoughts that was exactly what I said is that he's been there so long that he's forgotten who he is. But then when he was like the, the whole I was pushed and then he runs basically in front of a train, but into the train. But that could be him just trying to escape. I know. Which, that's why I'm not sure. Which leads me to another question I have about the ghost rules. Okay. <laughs> what 
is up with like is it like floors is floors okay <laughs> because yeah there's, there's a lot of things like if somebody walked into them they went right through them right yeah but there are many occasions where sam not only walks around on the ground but on like second but, third floor but also also gets in cars and yep. rides in cars yeah but like from the same token of the guy jumping into the train what is to stop him from landing on the floor of the train versus just going straight out the other side yep yeah. <laughs> like, like what I, and then you get into the whole like what about the ground why are they just not constantly <laughs> yeah. falling through the earth right like maybe can they fly are they flying ghosts like i'm wondering <laughs> if maybe part of it is tied because sam discovers he can interact with the world around him yeah because this other ghost has shown the train ghost has showed him that he can it's like you have to will it to happen and everything yeah. you have to get past this mental block essentially of it have is it maybe just so rooted in your subconscious that you sit in a car you walk on the ground blah 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 that it's just so part of your reality yeah that you just keep doing it without even being consciously aware of it because like like right now you're breathing even though you're not thinking but it's involuntary mm -hmm. yeah See, another question too. Now I'm like, am I breathing? Yeah, <laughs> thinking about it real hard. When someone walks into them, why don't they possess them versus when they walk into someone, they possess them? I guess willingly. Yeah, nah, I. But. I mean, whatever. Can we, could we, be, we could be talking about ghost rules all night, but yeah, let's get back into can the Can we start? Because the movie, again, it's like Sam kind of like at this point, like, oh shit, he's a ghost. And then. It's not like there's a few moments of humorousness, but it's definitely not a comedy. And then we meet Oda Mae Brown. Yes. And it does veer right into comedy. Yeah. Oh, God. Like once once it goes in there and he's he's first he's doing the like, oh, what bullshit. And she hears him for the first time. Yeah. And that whole scene, that is a scene that was like. Oh, yeah, I can see that this guy directed Airplane. And yeah, like it builds up to a, an amazing joke. Yeah. Where like where she freaks out and she goes into the closet and she's like, is he gone? And then he pops back from the wall. And he's like, <laughs> nope. Like that was fantastic. And like just perfectly timed. by Yeah, oh, just involved. absolutely perfectly timed. Like Right off the bat, I was just like, "Oh yeah, Whoopi's hilarious." Yeah, and and like even like Patrick Swayze's hilarious too. Like yeah, the, he's a the, funny guy. When when they go on about like where she's like, you know, you need to go, and he and he starts singing the song Henry the Eighth. Like oh my god, the 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 singing, the the purposely annoying singing voice was just it was hilarious. It was super funny. Yeah, like it just. You get you go from like Sam being like, "What the hell is going on?" Like I can't, yeah. blah blah, and then he meets Odom, and like I think part of it is like he's got some hope. Yeah, yeah. And the movie goes from I won't say bleak, but it is a drama mm -hmm. to comedy. So like it is that roller coaster, and like if if not for the comedy of Odom, this movie probably would have been too depressing all the way through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because like, basically every scene that Molly's in from after the Macbeth scene is just her like crying. <laughs> well, because she's dealing with the death of her, like the love of her life. Yeah. And, like she's like alone. And But I'm just saying, like if you don't have the Otome Brown scenes to, to, to keep things light between her yeah. moments, it's just sad, sad, sad Molly, yeah. the whole movie. But like, Oh my gosh, she's so funny. Mm -hmm. And then like, she goes to talk to Molly and she's like, there's this and there's this. And there's, and she's telling them details of the, her life with Sam and Molly's skeptical yeah. which is fair but she's like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna go along because you're telling me some stuff that there's no way she and then carl immediately knows something's wrong yeah and he's uh immediately trying to like gaslight her and to be like no she's a scam artist there's no way she could know blah 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 and speaking of molly some of the things some of the things molly does is stupid like someone is in her house has broken it which is the killer yeah Willie. Yes. Uh Willie Lopez. And he's in her apartment. And then she hears someone in her apartment when she comes back. And she's, Hello? Is anyone yeah. there? I'm like, oh, what are you doing? Obviously, there's someone in your apartment. You should not be going, Hello, is anybody there? Because you live alone now. Yes. Like, 
who did you give your keys to, woman? Don't. I, it's, it is established that Carl doesn't have a key. Yeah. It's so. like Willie stole it off of uh, Sam. Yeah. You would think if they have, because they stole it, he stole his wallet and everything. Yeah. So. so he's got all his stuff. So, like, she would be aware that they weren't able to recover his wallet and his keys. So she she should know, like, oh shit. Like, she should have changed killed- the locks. Yes. The person who killed your boyfriend has probably his key and his wallet. He's going to find where you live and come rob you. Like, mm-hmm. holy crap. And then, like, so that's another indication, like, there's more to this murder than just a random act of violence. Yeah. This is targeted. And Sam is aware of this, which is why he's enlisted Otome to be like, you have to tell Molly she's in danger. You in danger, girl. Yeah. <laughs> I like that he's like, tell her she's in danger. And she's like, I'm going to put my own spin on yeah, it. Yeah. And that's, and a meme was born. Yeah. You in danger, girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like, what a treat. And like all this stuff with Oda May, like, it's funny. I knew, like, I know Whoopi got a gold, or, well, she got a golden glove for this. She got an Oscar for this role. So I knew she was good in this role going in. Mm-hmm. But I forgot just how good she is in this role. Mm-hmm. Because, like, she not only plays Odame, she plays Odame pretending to be Rita Miller. Yes. She plays Odame being possessed by someone else. Like, Whoopi does a great job. Odame pretends to be like, she's not a real psychic until suddenly she is. Yes. Which is crazy. And like her whole family had it. So she doesn't want to get involved. We discover when. Molly goes to the cops that Odame has not led the cleanest of lifestyles. Yeah, thanks to babyface Stephen Root. Oh, yeah. yeah you, you were like, that's Stephen Root. I was like, huh? And I was like, oh my God. And I'm like squinting. I'm like, it is. And then he opened his mouth. I'm like, yep, it is. Yep. Yeah, he was a lot slimmer and younger. He was so young. It was crazy. He was a baby. <laughs> baby. Yeah, he was just a little guy. About uh, <laughs> just a little guy. <laughs> was little. He took out his pacifier and read his lines. But that's when we we get when Carl's like gaslighting. Yes, Molly about this whole thing after she goes to the cops and blah blah. blah. This is when we get the reveal that he's the one who's been working with Willie. Yeah, if you hadn't already figured it out, but mm-hmm. they play like because obviously he's still after Molly, but he's like looking for stuff at Molly's apartment. He's like he's trying to help her pack, but he's like packs a box that like yeah he packs a box of things that yeah he's gonna take and she's like oh not that box and he's like fudge yeah yeah because like he knows the thing because this is when we start realizing he's embezzling money Mm -hmm. or laundering money for somebody somebody it's bad people it's basically it's never really explained who it is but it's enough is inferred that you're able to figure out kind of what's going on yeah Yeah. also i highly doubt because they're like Otome Brown has a huge rap sheet, but Willie Lopez did not. And I'm like, that dude should have something. If like, like we, we, how does Carl? Yeah. For, for a dude who was like, I did you a favor by killing that dude. That there's no way he went from that dude has no record. Yeah. Like there's no way his mugshot's not on file. Yeah. Seriously. And like, to be fair, if I were Molly, I would just say, Someone called me with an anonymous tip that it was this guy, Willie Lopez, who shot my boyfriend. And here's his address. Here's his address that they were given. I can, if I don't want to go there by myself, obviously, for safety, but if I could take one look at this guy, I could at least tell you if it was him or not, if he was the man I saw shoot my boyfriend. But she's like, a psychic told me. Yeah. I would have been like, well, they're going to think I'm crazy. So even though I believe her, I'm not going to tell the cops this. I'm just going to say I got an anonymous tip and the person didn't give me their name, anonymous. But I don't want to ignore it in case it's real and go to the cops with that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they'd be a lot more apt to be like, this is worth looking into if that's the case because someone might, because that's the thing, like, well, now look at all these podcasts. There's one that's literally called Someone Knows Something, right? Like, there's, there's tons of things out there where there have been murders and such and only years later comes forward that well the perpetrator told his girlfriend who told his ex his now ex-girlfriend who told her brother and now that they broke up 
like she's told like the brother and the brother's like uh it was that guy like five years ago and goes to the cops like they can't just ignore these like i'm sure they do all the time let's be real see that's what they shouldn't be ignoring these tips that's what they should have done is he sam should have just had her had otome brown call crime stoppers and oh my god yes it would have saved so much it would have saved so much trouble so worried about molly because now he knows molly's in danger yeah that's true yeah and then like we start getting carl like obviously carl's got a thing for molly oh god which i mean is bad but he's such a so we see he's talking to the people he's indebted to that he's laundering money for and every time something's not going right he's sweating bullets like he knows these people are going to kill him yeah like he knows he is in deep caca yeah and if i were him and i was in deep caca i would wait until the dust settled before i made a move i know it's like less than a week She's been, he's been dead for like three days. Not that? just that, but like, look, let me get the guys I'm in debt to paid off. Yeah. Focus, Carl. Focus. Let me just get that all handled so I'm not looking at two different things at the same time. Once that's like, Molly's obviously not going to be in the mood to move on for a while anyway. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to like wait in the wings and be there for her and plant your seed, bad person. Yeah. Like, just. <laughs> Wait it out. Like, obviously, like, we don't see the only other pe- person we see Molly getting support from is Oda Mae Brown. Yeah. So how about we just hang back, get my money laundering thing sorted out, get the codes I need to transfer the money, get that all done. And then just be like, oh, Molly, I was in the neighborhood. I dropping off food. A week later. Oh, you know what? It's been a while. How about I take you for coffee? Mm-hmm. Week later, you know, but dude's thinking with his ding dong. He is. And, and oh God, he's not subtle. Not even. He does not the whole the like little bit. spills his coffee. Oh, his, I need to take off my shirt. Now my pants are chafing <laughs> me. Like, what is he? And then he's, she's like, oh, I can get you another shirt. He's like, no, it's okay. And just sitting there shirtless. Yeah, in no, apartment. it's okay. I'll just sit here with my shirt off. I'm like. Like, we're married. And if you were like, I'm just going to sit here with my shirt off. You're like, no, can we get dressed? Nobody wants to see me with my shirt off. No, I just be like, why are you being a weirdo? Yeah. Just go put a shirt on. Yeah. Oh, I I spilled my drink. Weirdly. In the center of my chest. It's not even like like a dribble out of his mouth. Like, he doesn't even fake dribble it out of his mouth. He just, like, dump. Yeah. I mean, I've dumped an entire drink on myself by accident. (laughs) And that's not where you spill it. Like, it's not where it lands. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. And he's like, think about Sam and then leans in on her. Yeah. What the hell? Like, holy moly. This guy is not smooth. Oh, God. Like, I'm Sam here for so you smooth. that your your Sam is dead as I like awkwardly feel your face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of face touching. Like, 90s, man. Well, then, so Sam has discovered that the money is in an account under the name because he's been watching Carl. Yeah. He's waiting for his, so he discovers Carl is embezzling. Um, he's obviously furious that Carl is, you know, screwed around. That he he gets the name <laughs> that he's screwing around. That he murdered him. Yeah, <laughs> but he's obviously furious. Which fair? Yeah, because Carl was like his best friend. What a betrayal! Mm-hmm. And he's hitting so, on your girl. Yeah, so he has to. Yeah, because Sam sees all this. Yeah. Ugh. Um. So he convinces Otome to pose as this Rita Miller who Rita does Miller. not exist and takes her down to the bank to get the money. And holy, first off, the outfit she's wearing yeah, is it's just, just another great, like from when he discovers the Rita Miller thing to like him going back to her shop and it's full of ghosts oh, yeah. and, and like, Oh, oh, and then and then when the guy possesses him, and he's talking to his wife, and he's like, "What the hell did you do to your hair?" It's like, autumn sunrise. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, and then watching it as it's happening, I was like, literally before she says autumn ru- sunrise, I was like in my brain, I was like, "It's autumn sunrise." Uh, I was like, "Oh yeah, what a treat." Yeah, yeah, no, but like, so she's dressed up to what like. 
Oda May thinks is a fancy outfit. Yeah, she thinks this is classy. Yeah, she's yeah. got like the hat and like the whole, like the gloves. She goes into the bank and like she, they had, there's like several steps to get her to pose as Rita Miller to get the money. And they have to talk to like a person and then another person and then another person. And he's like feeding her lines because nobody else can hear him, obviously. Yeah. And she keeps like talking to him. And trying to like make it subtle and it's not subtle. And yeah. she's like, would you shut up? And people just kind of look at her like, and she'd be like, and she's like, can I keep this pen? And yeah, like, she keeps yeah. stealing the pen. Yeah. And, and like, even the fact that he's able to get her to go through some of the steps by like, that dude was drunk. Tell him you met him at this party yeah, where he was Ask wasted. him about his kids. Yeah. And like, like the, the, stock that you bought in on yeah and then meanwhile like that guy's just like dying of like oh my god why, who is this person why yeah. do they know me like they pick the like, he's like he's he's socially inept yeah and like just he'll go along with it because he was drunk as hell like don't worry and he plays it so well too oh, you could tell though like you could tell when someone's wheels are turning mm -hmm. and they're not quite getting to where they need to be and he played that so well mm-hmm like, holy moly, this guy, he looks like he's just, like, trying to get there as he's trying to maintain, like, a, yep, yep, all this makes sense. And you could just, like, the gears are grinded. And, like, that can't be easy to pull off to make it look real. Yeah. So, like, I, props to that dude. Yeah. I, I was getting vibes in my uh, my old job. Every so often I'd meet a rep that I haven't met in a long time. <laughs> and, and I'd be like, how you doing? And they'd be like, uh. And it would be like talking to that guy. Yeah. Yeah. But then when she finally, it's like, okay, the money is yours. $4 million. Yep. How do you want it? She goes 10s and 20s. Yeah. <laughs> and I just lost it. I was like, oh, my God. She just delivers it. And they're like, huh? And she's like, and the uh, Sam's like cashier's, cashier's check. check cashier's check I also enjoyed that he's whispering and it's and they were like why are you whispering <laughs> no one else can no hear one you. can hear you <laughs> yeah oh. and then so she she donates the money do, she donates the money to a group of nuns like there's no way that they wouldn't be able to backtrack that money and yeah. take it back from the nuns like no. let's be real like that cashier's cashier's check's gonna go through somebody somewhere and they're gonna probably have found out what he's done at this point yeah but anyway she, her trying to like hand over the check and she can't let go of it let go oh my god she's just like i will she's like yeah. gritting her teeth and the best part though is after she leaves and the nuns are like what the hell just happened the nun looks at the check and it's like perfectly cut screams where she's just like ah, <laughs> and then it cuts the name. It was well, it was amazing. It was it's so and she's like yelling at Sam, and everyone's watching. They're like, "Crazy lady, what the hell?" Yeah, that is so. But then we switch back over into some revenge. Yeah, drama? It, it was kind of funny because like Sam then kind of like it's the reveal is, is the money is gone, and Carl starts freaking out. And then Sam reveals that, yep, surprise, I am a ghost and starts torturing him by typing, you know, silly things on his computer, which then like tips off Carl that, oh, yeah, ghosts are real. And this ghost has screwed with you. You should go threaten Molly. <laughs> like if Sam had just left enough alone. Well, that's the OK. So now I'm kind of having like a brain fart. He this is. After he Willie died, right? Or is this before? No, Willie this is before died? Willie died. Because yeah. they they realize that because she finds out, he finds out the money is gone, and he goes and sees Molly. Oh yeah, he finds out that yes, yeah, so he goes and threatens Molly, and then she says that Rita Miller. Was she saw Oda Rita May Miller Brown. at the bank. Yeah, and said that she's like, I saw, I saw. Oh, that that woman. She was going by the name of Rita Miller, and that's where. You know, all of Carl's, you know, wires are suddenly aligned and he figures, oh, I got to yes. go. And that's when then the Willie gets killed is when that happens. But yeah, like, but yeah, him screwing around with like all the stuff he does to us with Carl, like the money, the screwing around with the computer, it all feels so good. Yeah. Like Carl has literally ruined Sam's life. Yes. So payback's a bitch. Mm -hmm. And it's nice that he's someone who's smarmy like carl's getting his comeuppance mm -hmm. but like he goes with willie to like 
try to kill Otome. Yes. And I'm like, this is just tying yourself to the crime. Yeah, you were like trying to, you hired someone to do it, to keep you out of it. And now you're just like there. Yeah. And thankfully, Sam's there and like, is like, you guys need to hide. And they get into another apartment because they live in the projects. Yeah. Like she and her two sisters who are just credited as Otome's sister. They're both just Otome's sister. Yeah. But they hide in another apartment and Sam starts screwing with Willie. Yes. And that this is this is the scene that I was talking yeah. about that I remember. I didn't remember. I remember Carl got his comeuppance, but I didn't remember what it was. Willie's death, I remembered very well. Yeah, I remember Willie's death because I remember it was kind of like Sam is chasing Willie. Willie can't see him, but Willie is being shoved and pushed. And obviously, everybody around Willie can't see his car. They just think it's a crazy guy. I, yeah, I love that the, like, he, he like would bump into people and they'd be like, get off me. And then they'd like throw him. Like, yeah, so obviously. I mean, it was, he, it was New York City in the 90s. So. Oh, oh. <laughs> scary place. But yeah, and then, but he runs out into the street because he's freaking out and he gets hit by a car. And this is when. But the fake out happens again. He gets flung over the car and then stands up and then he looks back and he sees his body over the hood of the car. Yep. The way it hit, I, it was probably just a little too gory for the rating they were looking for. The way it should have been is him crushed between the two vehicles yes, by the way it hit. Yes. But it's just him laying on the hood. And, and with uh, some blood coming out of his face. But then we see yes. the other guys. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're freaky. Yeah. And the sound they make when I heard it, I was like, it was so clear in a memory of hearing it again. But I looked in the trivia. The sound they make is the sound of babies crying played backwards and slowed down. Yeah. Oh, it's such a ugh, it's such a good, creepy sound. Yeah. And now, but now that you now that you say that, I hear it. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, 100 percent. Yeah. But when you don't know what it is, it's just a creepy, a well done, creepy noise. Yeah. Yeah. And then at this point, it's like. An hour and 41 minutes into a two hour and 10 minute movie or something like that. Because mm-hmm. I paused it, I had to go pee or something, whatever. And I'm like, we're already an hour and 40 minutes into this movie. It does not feel like we've been watching this for almost two hours. Mm-hmm. Like right there. Because again, we watched Armageddon and that movie felt like a lifetime. Yeah. This did not feel like an hour and 40 minutes at that point. I was like, that's a good sign. Yeah. But at this point, Sam goes with Oda May to be like, Molly, you are in danger. Carl is on the warpath and like you're directly in his sights. Yeah. You so- well, I don't I didn't get why they didn't leave. Like they called the cops, but then they stayed there. Like they knew he was coming. So they could have their moment. I know that they could have their moment somewhere else. Also, that that the thought of the moment, like in the moment as it's happening, you know, like he's hugging her and they're dancing, and I'm sitting there and I'm like She's actually hugging Whoopi Goldberg and feeling up Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't think of it. Like, hard. I, 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 if if this was a modern movie that was more like that was funnier, like there was a, a higher comedy aspect to it, it would hundred percent would have cut to like a single shot without the music. And and Whoopi and Demi just like feeling each other up and then cut back to oh, like yeah. as like a laughter beat, you know, yeah. like that. I, I But yeah, no, because that's a hundred percent what's going on. Yeah, was, was but it's supposed to be romantic. It's yes. not a com- it's yes. not a comedy, it's not moment, a comedy moment. But like one of the things that establishes when Whoopi is with all the other ghosts and she gets possessed, the ghost that she kicks out of her. It's weakened for a little bit. Yes. They established that and, ghosts are weak after they possess someone. And then so Sam is now weak when Carl shows up and it gives that bit that because we've established that Sam is basically undefeatable. He's unkillable because he's dead. Yeah. His adversary can't see him, can't defend against him. So what can you do to defend yourself against Sam? He's going to win. So they have to do something that weakens Sam to give you that element of danger for Whoopi and Molly, yeah. like Otome and Molly. So they're running up the, the fire escape. Why do they run up the fire escape, not down? I don't know. I don't know. So they go up into the abandoned part of the building. And Sam's like, oh, no, what's wrong with me? And Carl's chasing them. And, you know, they're, they're like, leave us alone, Carl. We know what you did. Blah, blah, blah. Go but away. I like that he's still like, no, she's lying to you. 
Yeah. Don't pay attention to this gun I have. Yeah, I've <laughs> like, come to defend you. Yeah. Myself. I've but, come yeah. to save you from this con artist with this gun. But then, thankfully, Sam shows up. He he gets his his, his strength back. So you get your strength back pretty quickly as a ghost, it turns out. Apparently, yeah. And Carl's death, I forgot how he died. Yeah. And then I remembered how he died when it happened. I was like, oh, right. And he gets a glass window essentially through his chest. Yes. And it like blows blood everywhere. Yeah. It's a. (laughs) Sam genuinely looked remorseful. That's one thing I didn't notice from like before. He generally looked like it's like, well, I didn't want Carl to die. Yeah. I just wanted him to pay. He he wanted people to know what Carl had done. Yeah, because he, he also like he doesn't really look like he's happy that Willie has died. I no, he doesn't want anybody to die. He yeah. just wants them to get caught. Yeah, and because Sam's he's a good guy, right? So him murdering someone is not good guy behavior. No, but we also see Carl dragged off. By the ghoulies. By the reverse babies. And then Sam's work is done. Yep. And the white light calls to him once more. And they can actually see him, which is sweet. Mm-hmm. And they get to say goodbye. And Sam joins with the angels. And it's true. I forgot that you could see like other people there. Yeah, too. they were all waiting for him, yeah. all his friends. His new his, friends. Oh, his new friends? His new friends. It was the old guy from the hospital room. Yeah, he, he and his in. wife. Yeah. Would have been nice if they, that's actually good. They would have been nice to like see them kind of there, like being like, we've been waiting for The train you. guy's there and he's like, I figured out who I was. Hair is like nice now. Yeah, combed. You know, yeah. he's he's not so. He's wearing, like, he's wearing a white trench coat. Yeah. <laughs> a black one. Uh, and, uh, and then also, uh, you cried. I did. You cried. I did cry at the end. Um, I had a feeling that this movie would make me cry. And it was just like those beautiful, like emotional little bits of tiny tears. You know, that beautiful single tear that rolls down your cheek. Yeah. When it's a beautiful story. I like that you were like, did you cry? And I'm like, why? (laughs) (laughs) But but I hadn't realized that you had cried. Yeah. No, it's uh, it gave me a sniffle, yeah. and uh, like I said, that one beautiful tear. No, nope. beautiful tear, not not uh, you know red faced sniveling tear. Mm-hmm. This was just that beautiful single tear. Of, what a beautiful tale! <laughs> As Sam goes off into the the white the light. White light. Yeah. yeah, his love forever persevering. Molly never finding anyone else again. Yep. Yeah. Really. Right. Like it's not like he was like you know go on without me or anything like that. He didn't it was have just... like a a Jack and Rose moment where he's like, you're going to meet someone and have lots of babies. Yeah. Man, what are we going to do Titanic? Whenever you pick it. Ooh. I'm letting you do it. Unless I suddenly get the, the need to be like, because if, if I want to watch it, it'll be like, man, I want to see that boat sink. Like That's that's why I want to watch it. You'll be like, I need to see the Jack and Rose. I, I want to see, I want to see the boat sink. That's what I want to see. Because I was always very interested in Titanic as Oh, what a kid youth. isn't? But anyway, that's not the movie we're talking <laughs> no. about right now, is it? <laughs> just for comparison. The, yeah, well, I mean. Sam was like, never love anybody again. Yeah, he was just like, I'm going to go. Remember me alone. forever. Do you think Otome and uh, Molly stay friends? Or do you think they just kind of go off on their own? You way? know what? I think they say they're going to stay friends. And very quickly, neither one calls the other. Yeah. 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 I get it. I get it. There's there's a few moments I'm sure in each of their lives they're like, I wonder what they're up to. I should call them. Oh, I'm distracted. And then that's that. That's that. So. So. Shall we talk about critical response to this movie? Well, those were our thoughts. But critics in 1990 had their own thoughts on this movie. So, Laura, why don't you fill us in on some past reviews? Yeah, so this movie holds pretty good Rotten Tomato scores. I'm not shocked. Same. 74 critical and 80 audience. Owen Glaberman of Entertainment Weekly called it uh, a dazzling, enjoyable pop thriller. Pop thriller is actually a good way to describe this movie. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I I agree with you on that. I felt like that's why I picked that review. 
Because like I said, the movie doesn't really fall into one genre. Mm -hmm. So a pop thriller, though, I I felt like was as close as we could get to a genre as there was. Mm -hmm. So Richard Corliss of Time, though, called it a bad movie (laughs) that a lot of people will like. Uh, I thought it was just going to be like a bad movie, period. I know. So rude, right? So we got to go to our, our main man, Roger Ebert. Yep. The Ebert of the week. Yeah. So he gave it a 2.5 star out of um, his, four. his four. Yeah, his four. Which is like Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. which is the easiest place to find old reviews. I mean, let's be real. Called that a rotten review. But That's isn't there, above average. That's like a 60%. Yeah, it's like 62.5 or something like that. Yeah. But they call it rotten, which is like... That doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. By their own standard of what counts as fresh or rotten, that's fresh. He said it contains some nice ideas and occasionally for whole moments at a time succeeds in evoking the mysteries that it toys with. I'm like, oh. But like, that should be like 2.5 is fresh. Siskel actually gave it a three and that's considered fresh. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, that said, on to the awards. It was nominated for a Best Picture Oscar. And one best original screenplay and best supporting actress for Whoopi Goldberg. Wait, which this, was this was nominated for best picture. This is not the kind of movie I would expect to be nominated for best picture. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, based on what I see nowadays, not the kind of movie you would expect. Whoopi is one of the few people who has an EGOT, so this is where she got her, uh... her Oscar for her EGOT. Whoopi also won a Golden Globe, a BAFTA, and a Saturn Award for her performance. Also won Best Fantasy Film and Best Actress for Demi Moore at the Saturn Awards. Look at that. So, there you go. I feel like... I wonder which one had more screen time, though. Whoopi or Demi? I feel like Whoopi had more screen time. Like, I feel like it would probably be pretty close, would it not? Maybe. Maybe there's a website where you can compare who had... You know specific- what? I wouldn't be surprised if there was. I do want to check. I'm no, somebody out there has those numbers because I'm sure that's how in in a way one way or another that is how billing might be also you know calculated for certain movies. I mean that makes sense. Yeah, just trying to see what the here we go. Best Picture nominees for sixty third Oscar: Dances with Wolves was a winner, Awakenings, Ghost, The Godfather Part Three, and Goodfellas. Awakenings. Isn't that the, is that the one where that's the one where like a whole bunch of, I think it's a Robin Williams movie where it's like, I think it's De Niro too. Yeah, you're yeah, right. It's, it's a 1990 American drama film based on a Oliver Sacks uh, memoir of the same title story of fictional character, neurologist Malcolm Sire, who is based on Sacks and played by Robin Williams. Yeah. I remember seeing, watching that movie and being like, Robin Williams is in it. I bet this is hilarious. And it is not. <laughs> it's not at all. Well, there you go. Yes. Yeah. So there you go, hun. That's the kind of movie that was nominated the sixty third uh, Academy Awards. There you go. There you go. Well, now we get to the point where we give our scores. So it's you first, hun. Your movie, your pick. You go first. I'm giving it a double butter. Mm-hmm. I thoroughly, upon a rewatch, do believe it is a movie everyone should watch. Mm-hmm. It is a lot of fun. But also has a lot of heart and it's different than like I can't think of another movie that's anything like it because it really is a roller coaster. It gives you a little bit of everything and delivers on everything it gives you. It's not like it's like, well, they were trying to do too many things at once. And sure, the thriller aspect was good, but the comedy fell flat or sure there was funny parts, but it wasn't very thrilling Mm -hmm. or like the romance was good, but everything else was kind of bland. No. Every beat is good. I loved it. Mm-hmm. A two. When you first picked this movie, oh, I gotta say, I was dreading it. <gasps> I was absolutely dreading it because I just, I, I, as I said, I've seen the movie, but it didn't really light a fire into me to be like, oh well, this is something I want to rewatch. You know, like I was no, there's no desire to ever watch it again. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad we did mm-hmm. because it was very enjoyable. So I'm giving this a double butter as well. Wow, and I'm so pleased. 
please. So as long as you as long as you don't think too hard about the ghost rules, no. you're gonna have a good time. But you can't think about ghost rules <laughs> know, too hard in any movie. That's more of a joke than anything. But you know, but, but like I'm saying, like when you think about ghost rules, the, the rules don't make sense. No, I mean it's ghosts don't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, I, I had a good time and uh, I was thoroughly entertained, especially once it got. Basically, the moment it clicked was when he came through that wall <laughs> and was like, no, I'm here. <laughs> that bit. That was great. And then from there on, it was. Just, yeah, I was in. I was done. I was I, I basically knew at that moment what I was giving this movie. It doesn't feel like it's two in some hours. No, it didn't. I had no idea how it was that long until you mentioned it. So, yeah, like it it flew by and I was thoroughly t- entertained from start to finish. Yeah. So there you go. Double butters all around. Wow. That's like possibly one of therefore the best movies i've picked so far so far i mean it's not the first time i picked a double butter yeah but like it's i feel like well that's the whole point of the 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 thing does like a movie hold up not just for me for nostalgia but like or vice versa when it's your pick like Mm -hmm. is it just nostalgia or is the movie actually good and when we both pick double for something it means the movie like it's good It's, it's worth your time yeah definitely Definitely. Is our next movie going to be worth my time? <laughs> well, I guess we're going to find out in a moment. That will do it for this week's episode. But for next week, we will be taking a look at. It's episode 50. Episode 50. And originally, I was saving episode 50 for my favorite movie, Jurassic Park. But we did that already. And we've already done my third favorite movie as well. So next week, we will be doing my second favorite movie, Aliens. There you go. (laughs) So look forward to that next week. But for this episode of Burn Popcorn, I'm Mike. I'm Laura. And we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. It's game over, man. (laughs) You had like no reaction to that. You were just like, of course. And that's it. I knew it was coming at some point. Yeah.